Hello, it is 21.46, that is 14 minutes to 10, on Saturday the 25th of July 2015, and this is episode 91 of Roy's Rocket Radio. So hello again, and I apologise as usual for missing out a week, but hopefully we'll make that up because we have three shows, including this one, in the next three days. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So that should more than make up for my absence. I've got a lot to talk about on the show tonight, so I'll be probably hitting the pause button quite a bit, although that won't mean anything to you. But I just thought I'd be honest about it. No real news this week on a personal note, nothing I want to share with you now because there's a lot of stuff on writing I'm going to talk about anyway during the show. But there have been other things going on elsewhere. For example, I have been watching on TV NASA's New Horizons probe fly past Pluto. That was really fascinating to see that Pluto, now a minor planet, I think that's what they call it, is still active. And, of course, there was the news of Yuri Milner, the Russian millionaire, investing, I think it was something huge, like, is it $100 million, I believe, in the SETI program, which is the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. So there's quite going on out in the real world, outside my writing. But... On with the show, and let's actually talk about the writing today. Okay, let's just get up my notes. And... Well, I have been writing again. Now, I have been doing this on and off for months, but nowhere near as much as I should be doing. And that's for a variety of reasons. Illness time, but frankly, laziness also played a part. So I've tried to shoehorn myself into having some sense of discipline with some personal time management. What I'm doing is scheduling a regular writing time that isn't too near the time that I need to rest or sleep, because then that's what you do. You just veg out in front of the TV or you go to sleep. The other big thing that I'm doing differently, and, well, it's a big thing for me because usually I work at home, is that I'm not working at home. The trouble with working in front of a computer apart from the fact that it's literally a pain in the backside, is that working at home can either be too comfortable in that there are just too many things that you can do instead of writing, like box setting, walking around in your pyjamas or without clothes, eating chocolates and crisps, another nerdy thing to do. Actually, on that subject, If you have Dilbert's, I think, it's one of the big Dilbert books, but they talk all about this working from home. But anyway, check that out. 
but back to what I was talking about. The other thing about working from home, either, like I said, it's too comfortable and you just won't do anything, or it can be the opposite. If you have a family, it could be too hectic and then you'll never get anything done. Well, I say you, I'm really talking about me because I'm sure that there are other people out there who are far more disciplined than me and can work in any environment whatsoever. But I've realized that I just can't work at home. So what I'm doing is I've, over the last week, I've been at the place where my now long-defunct writing group used to meet. I don't go on the same day as the writing group used to meet, but I do go and sit there. It's a very public place, and it's noisy, and that sounds like a distraction, but it actually isn't. It's like having one of those ambient soundtracks that help you sleep, like Amazon Rain, or Whale Song, or something. All this background chatter just becomes a wall of sound that blocks everything out. Whereas if you're at home, you may have the TV on. If you have the TV off, it's quiet, but there might be, I don't know, it's just too quiet. I find the noise productive. And there's also the motivation about being out in the world surrounded by the hoi polloi, which sounds a bit elitist, but... You know what? It's meant to. I feel kind of good being outside, surrounded by non-writing norms who have no idea whatsoever that there's a writer in their midst. Well, you know what? When I say no idea whatsoever, the people near me know exactly what I'm doing. And it does look slightly pretentious, I'm guessing, from their point of view. Some bloke leaning over his A4 pad. Uh, with his glasses on the end of his nose, writing. I don't know. Is that pretentious? I, maybe I'm just self-conscious. Okay. You know something? I'm looking at my notes now, and there was a lot of other stuff that I was going to mention that I haven't, because it made me sound a bit like a plank. So if you want to hear me sound like a plank, look at my show notes and see what I was really going to say. Okay, next. I'm thinking of creating some sort of umbrella ID for my writing. Like a mini media trading name. It's really so that my Kindle published prose, podcasts, screenplays... All that stuff that hasn't yet found a home at a publisher or an agent has some kind of corporate identity. So it's not really a business, it's just a trading name, something I can put a logo to. I'm not sure if it's worth it or not, but it's something I'm thinking about just to give a more professional look to the stuff that I write. I am still looking for a traditional agent or publishers for the pros and production companies for scripts, because honestly, I would rather be spending my time writing than running 
a business, a publishing business or a small press. But still, until that happens, maybe this is a good compromise. All in all, I just want my work to look more cohesive on professional. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We'll see. Okay, next, submitting to agents or publishers. Now, I've talked about this before, but I thought I'd mention it again because I'm guessing people like me who write are out there. The guidelines vary widely, but sticking to books rather than games and screenplays, generally, you are going to need a cover letter, something polite and to the point. It's even better if they know that your submission is on its way, like you might have spoken to a human being at some point in the future. Maybe an office manager that you can mention by name, or the agent themselves, or the editor themselves, something like that. You need to include a little elevator pitch, that's a few words just about what your story is, a synopsis, and I'm looking at some little handwritten notes that I made, and let's see, synopsis. You reveal everything in the synopsis, so it's not a chance for you to hook the agent with what happens next or something like that. You want to tell them the entire story. It needs to be about a page to two pages, double-spaced. You write in the third person present. And you can use capital letters for names when they're first introduced. I'm just looking down my list to see if I've missed anything out. Okay, so yeah, the elevator pitch, 30 to 75 words, so very short. Now, those guidelines will vary widely depending on the agency or the publisher, so be sure to look up what their own submission policy is. That's just a general thing that I picked up. And I think I read that from the Writers and Artists yearbook and also by talking to other authors. Let's just see. Okay. Um, Who to send it to? Well, try and send it to agents or publishers who deal with your type of prose, i.e. your genre. But if they, especially the smaller presses, already have a superstar author on their books with stuff similar to what you are submitting, then forget about it. They won't want to steal the thunder away from their main author. What else can I say? Does a blog or a website help? Well, it can't hurt unless it makes you look like a plank. 
The jury is still out on whether I'm a plank, and that's three times I've worthy used plank in one podcast. So I'll try not to say plank again. Oops, sorry. Okay, back to having a blog or a website or, like me, even a podcast. You need an audience or a potential audience. So social media followers are helpful. Honestly, though, the best way to bypass all this and to get your book out there, other than blind luck, which is pretty good too if that works, or nepotism, even better, the very best way is to already be famous. In which case, you can just get someone to write your book for you. I'm not being facetious there. I'm being honest. If you're already famous and in the news, it's really easy to get a book deal. Now, I mentioned the Writers and Artists Yearbook. This tome that they publish every year is like an almanac of all the agents and publishers in your particular country. So for us, it'd be the UK issue edition is worth getting unless you don't mind sitting in libraries for hours and hours. Now, I don't personally mind doing that because it gets me out of the house and I am a bit poor. But if you don't want to do this, just buy the book. Buy the book when you're ready to send it out. Don't buy the book when you haven't completed your final draft. Because if it takes another year, you'll have to buy the next year's book. Okay, so that's all the advice I'm going to give today. And I should say also, oh, I should question myself. I'll do that journalistic thing when you don't have someone else on the podcast with you and ask myself questions. How do I know what I'm talking about? Well, the truth is I don't. I'm just going by the advice that I have either been given or read. I'll let you know if it actually works. So, that's it for some writing advice this week. Wow, suddenly got really thirsty again. One week not doing a podcast, you just completely lapse out of practice. Uh, Luckily, I've got the... Good old ginger ale here. Okay. Next, I'm just going to talk a little about my own fiction writing. Uh, If you remember back to around Christmas when I wrote that interactive fiction game that I'm always going on about in this podcast, Rider in the Mist. Well, I mentioned around that time that it was a prequel to an earlier short story called Black Tower, or the Black Tower, or the Black Tower of Kobar. Take your pick, I've changed that title so many times now, I can barely remember what the short story was called. Well, anyway, The Black Tower is being rewritten as we speak. I think that's going to be another Kindle release. But the point 
I'm trying to make is Rider in the Mist and the Black Tower are set in the same universe. That wasn't the case when I was writing the Black Tower. I didn't have a universe in mind, but by the time I got to Rider and just after I released the game and over the next couple of months, I started thinking about maybe doing some world building. And world building is a very, um, what would be the word, normal? It's just one of the bread and butter things you do, especially in fantasy fiction, but also in science fiction. World building at its best can be seen from Tolkien's monumental work on Middle-earth, where he probably went a bit overboard on world-building, inventing as well as the geography and the races of Middle-earth. He also invented a mythology, a religion, a writing system. It just went on and on. My aims are somewhat more modest. But having some kind of setting for my stories is certainly going to make it easier for me to write later on. For instance, I can then concentrate on story rather than constantly needing to invent things. And as I go on, I intend to add to the mythos and tweak the settings and the history in future stories. And by the way, I think you're going to find the imaginary setting that I'm building cool, original, and really unlike anything you've seen before. And I bet you you've heard that a million times from a million different authors, publicists, but I think it will be unique. Now... The word I've chosen for my world is world, (laughs) although spelt differently. Don't worry, I didn't just add an E to the word world. I'm spelling my world W-Y-R-L-D-E. Now, quite honestly, that came to me in my sleep. I didn't do that much research. The name popped into my head, and I thought, yeah, that's the name of the world. But I've done some research after the fact into the etymology of the word, and the word world, (laughs) and it does kind of fit quite nicely into a fantasy setting. Now, it's very similar to the word Weird, spelt W-Y-R-D, which, according to Wikipedia, is the Anglo-Saxon word for an inescapable fate based on an Old Norse word. And I thought that was kind of cool. And also that the word is almost like weird, because my fiction is quite definitely that. Also, having that W-Y-R at the beginning 
or the W-Y, made me think of dragons, as in wyverns, a Middle English word, W-Y-V-E-R-M. Middle English onwards, it was a kind of alternative word for dragon-like creatures. Actually, while we're on the subject of the word world, as we spell it today, W-O-R-L-D, I think, according to what I read, that's from the Old English meaning age of man. I don't know why I shared that with you. It's a very nerdy (laughs) factoid, but I found it interesting. The other thing is world. It's almost wild as an untamed, dangerous, savage, etc., which kind of reminded me of the old Savage Sword of Conan comics. And I know this is kind of just a made-up connection, but I thought it's kind of appropriate. Wild, as in Oscar Wilde, W-I-L-D-E. And although it's a made-up connection, You have to remember that Oscar Wilde did write one novel, didn't he? He wrote The Picture of Dorian Gray, which is quite definitely a weird novel. A weird horror novel. So, yeah, the etymology of my made-up world seems strangely appropriate. I'll tell you more about the geography and something about world itself in later podcasts, or you could just read my stories, that would help. Now, what else can I tell you? I've told you about the etymology of the word, but what about my world itself? What is it like? Well, if you've read Ryder and you had an opportunity to read Black Tower when it was out in its very earliest incarnation, and it's going to change a lot since that one. Uh, that was when I had Star Adventurer magazine. I think I, yeah, I did. I published a short story called The Black Tower, but the story has changed a lot since then. But anyway, I'm trans. Yeah, I'm going off at a tangent. So my world, unsurprisingly, will be... I hate to use other authors' made-up genres, but grimdark. Nasty and violent. But one difference from the grimdark genre is... It's not always going to be about war, and not everyone is a warrior. Karma will also be a feature... There will be a cost to everything, except when there isn't. So being good does not necessarily help you out. And I said it's neo-sword and sorcery. If you've listened to the podcast before, it's the term I've coined for my fantasy fiction, which is a bit different from things like high fantasy or George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, which has a lot of political intrigue and a cast of many, many characters, 
Whereas sword and sorcery, although it's not written much today, apart from me, and I don't know, maybe I'm being too egotistical. I'm sure there are other sword and sorcery writers out there better than me. So sorry if you're a modern sword and sorcery writer. I just haven't seen any of your stuff. But yeah, back to sword and sorcery. So we'll have wizards, princesses, warriors, and a really small cast of characters. Magic will work with a cost, which isn't a particularly original view. That's a very traditional view in fiction. Gods and demons will exist. But honestly, you really wouldn't want to meet either of them. And like I said, if you want to know more, read the Rider in the Mist game. Just click on my bibliography link at roymatur.com. That's R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. Click on bibliography and play Rider in the Mist. That will give you an idea of what that universe is like. And, of course, buy my upcoming Black Tower on the Kindle. I also plan to do some kind of timeline for my world. But we'll see. I quite like drawing maps and creating timelines and fake mythologies, but if you overdo it, then it might detract from the drama of my fiction. So I'll have to go easy on what I'm going to be putting out there. Sorry about that big clang. Something fell off the desk. I've been... Going through a process of tidying up, which means destroying stuff, really. Anyway, back to uh, the world building. Yeah, well, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, just watch out for more adventures or mm, a world called World. Now, I was saying that I've having some kind of office reorganization. The trouble is, I've just piled up a whole bunch of pens and stuff on my desk, and it's really dangerous to move more than an inch for fear something's going to come crashing down. So let me just take another sip before I carry on. I hope you can't hear all those glug-glug noises. That will be most unprofessional, won't it? Okay. Now, I've talked about how I'm writing, what I'm writing, and who I'm going to submit to, but I didn't mention any of the titles. Well, I did mention the titles. I mentioned Black Tower, which will be coming out as a short story this year on the Kindle. Let's say around 5,000 words or so. And as I mentioned before, the timeline, it's... Well, as far as Ryder goes, it's a sequel 
to Rider in the Mist. The other book that's coming out, or well, rather novel, because Black Tower is a short story, 5,000 words hardly counts as a book, is The Book of Horus. Now, this is a book I started ages ago, and I actually finished. I finished the first draft, and after going through it again, prior to putting out a final draft, I realised there were major problems with the book. It wasn't that the prose was bad or it was boring or anything. There was just too much going on. It's as if I had so much pent-up energy to write that I just threw every plot imaginable into one book. I did the classic beginner's mistake of writing too much. So now I'm honing it down. I've actually got to chapter three now of editing, so I need to fix the first three chapters. So I've got all the prose that I need for the first three chapters. I actually have to go back into the document itself and type in those corrections, and then I'll have the first three chapters that I can send out confidently to an agent. I was just on the cusp of doing that about a month or two ago when I realized that there were terrible problems. So honestly, it'll be much better this time. So that's the Book of Horus. And if you don't know much about it, the basics of the plot haven't changed. It's about a bicycle courier in London who, in the wake of quite a bad accident and quite a traumatic time in his life, stumbles upon a really fascinating and exciting mystery. And it becomes a kind of Indiana Jones in London story although it's contemporary, so no fedoras will be involved, unless it's me wearing one. Okay, and I mentioned earlier Rider in the Mist, and a few months ago, or a few episodes ago, episodes, months, oh, it's all blurring, but anyway, I mentioned that I was going to rewrite Riders in the Mist, I called it Rider in the Mist Redux. Now, I did start, and I did get through some of it. I changed the format of the story, or the interactive fiction game, sorry, same thing, but you know what I mean, from Twine, which I used to write it in the first place, to straight HTML5, which I wrote from scratch. Oh, sorry. And honestly, it took a long time to do that. It took a long time to get through just one of the branches of the stories for one of the characters. And by the time I'd finished it, I was regretting ever having started that. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do, whether I'm going to retranslate the whole thing or not, because it's taking far too long. The other thing is, how much 
time do I want to invest in Rider in the Mist anyway? Because it's set in the same universe as the Black Tower. If I write too much in there, I'll be taking out drama from other bits of fiction that I can write, so I'm not sure whether I want to do that. I do know that the story itself, the interactive fiction game, could probably do with some more nodes to make the adventure a bit longer and a bit more complicated, because it is pretty brief. Although there's... I think there's a hundred nodes, but there's about 70 nodes or rooms, if you're more used to RPG Dungeons and Dragons type terminology, if that's a thing. Do you call them rooms? I don't know. Anyway, okay. So I might add more, but it's not on the front burner. The thing that I'm mainly occupied at the moment is the Book of Horus. Because that's a big one, that's the one that's going to the agents, that's not for self-publishing. That's something I actually want in print and to be out there in a bookshop. So what I'm saying is I'm trying to prioritise things. Not the easiest thing to do, given my state of complete disorganisation, but I am doing it. I'm not trying to do it, I'm doing it. And I'm looking at the... It can't only have been 15 minutes since we started, can it? Doesn't sound right at all. No, it says... Oh, no, sorry, I'm completely wrong. That's... I'm looking at Audacity and it's telling me 15 minutes, but that's just for this last selection since I pressed pause. It's actually 35 minutes. Okay. Lastly, I'd like to ask you to go to Amazon and buy my Kindle Horror Story Glassy. Especially buy it if you want to support this podcast and you want to help me continue writing. Actually, I'm going to be writing anyway, so don't worry about that. But if you want to support the podcast, that would be great. And it'd be nice to have people actually read this story. So that's Glassy on the Kindle. And you can find that by, again, going to RoyMatur.com, clicking on Bibliography, and click on Glassy. Or, what am I telling you? You don't even have to go to the Bibliography. You can click on Shop on my main website, click on the shop link at the top of the page in the header, and that'll take you directly to my shop where you can click again and you'll be taken to the Amazon store. I think it's a good story, and if you like classy horror lit, check it out. It's weird because when I wrote it, I thought I was aiming for trashy, which is kind of the stuff I like reading. And it came out quite literary, so that was a surprise. Actually, on that subject, and going back to the Book of Horus, I thought when I was starting the Book of Horus a couple of years ago, I thought I was going to write science fiction. 
Then I thought I was going to write horror. I skirted around fantasy. I knew it wouldn't be that. But what happened in the end is a story wrote itself and it turned into a mystery story. Or mystery action with elements of horror and fantasy, but generally of the mystery genre. And it really surprised me. I think what happens is, and if you're also an author, you'll sympathize with this, is that the story and the characters take on a life of their own. And weirdly, you just record what happens rather than make it up. So although I think of myself as a genre writer and a genre fan, someone who's heavily into science fiction, fantasy and horror, when it actually comes to writing, well, I'm not just limited to that, it appears. So if that's the same for you, let me know. I'm quite interested in how stories seem to write themselves. Well, that's it for the show. This was Roy's Rocket Radio. I have to scroll back because I can barely remember. Okay, this was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 91, recorded on Saturday the 25th of July 2015, and the time at the end of the show is just coming up to 10.35 in the evening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please get in touch if you are a writer or just a fan. Let me know if you think I'm doing something wrong with my own writing or my own approach. Or maybe just... Let me know if I need a kick up the backside and give me a verbal kick up the backside. (laughs) Okay, the next podcast will be tomorrow. And we'll be talking about Doctor Who with the episode The Ice Warriors. So thanks for listening, and bye for now. Bye.